Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. It is Tuesday, October 18th, live from my apartment in his attic. This is the Ben Jarofsky Show. I am DJ Nate, filling in for the one and only Dr. D. Today on the show, we have Alderwoman Jeanette Taylor. And now, your host, Chicago Reader columnist, Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Hate Weekend Tuesday, and here's why. Because there was so much hate unleashed this weekend, it was bombarding me everywhere I went, like rays from Mars. Donald Trump? It's always hate weekend for Donald Trump. That man is insane. So he just riffed off on some anti-Jewish stuff over the weekend, just out of nowhere. His problem is he doesn't think Jewish people love him enough. That he, he wants everybody to adore him and bow down to him and just like say, oh, thank you, world, for Donald Trump. And apparently Jewish people didn't vote enough for him in the last election. It reminds me of Bernard Epton, who ran against the great Harold Washington in 1983. Bernard Epton was Jewish, ladies and gentlemen. But I would say at least half of the Jewish voters in Chicago voted for Harold Washington. Bernard Epton never got over that. He like, if the Jewish people had voted for me the way the black people voted for Harold, I'd be the mayor. Well, you're not Harold, okay? So nobody want, really, nobody should have voted for you. You're a Republican running against the greatest mayor the city of Chicago ever had. Anyway, that's Donald Trump. Then Kanye West unleashes his hate, and he uh, triple downs on his hate of Jewish people. I don't know where that's coming from. But in the middle of it all, he unleashes this diatribe against George Floyd. Said that George Floyd wasn't killed by the knee on his neck, that George Floyd was killed by the fentanyl in his system. This is straight-up MAGA talk coming out of the mouth of one of the most, what, influential rappers businessmen, entrepreneurs, black America has produced in this century, ladies and gentlemen. Like, it blows my mind. I remember when Charles Barkley years ago jokingly said that up is down and down is up in America because the greatest rapper is white, meaning Eminem, and the greatest golfer is black, meaning Tiger Woods. Everybody laughed because it was kind of funny. But right now, I would say the leading white supremacist in the United States of America is Kanye West. He is just preaching pure white supremacist hate to millions and millions of people. And he's using that platform that we give celebrities. We give celebrities a special microphone to say all kinds of stupid shit. Just broadcast it out to the universe. Well, and then America's attitude is, well, he must have something going because he's rich. How many times I've heard someone, well, Ben, this guy must be onto something because he's rich. I don't care that Kanye's rich. He's insane. He's talking insanity. And then uh, the host of the Drink Champ show, now he's making the rounds, apologizing for allowing Kanye. I don't know if you saw this. 
the, the, the man who was the host. When Kanye was saying the garbage that he was spewing, he's nodding along like, oh, great wisdom I'm hearing from this lunatic. The dude is hearing utter insanity coming out of the mouth of a lunatic, and he's nodding along like it's great thoughts. And all he's thinking is, wow, the ratings. I don't think about it because he, he tweeted out, that the host of the show tweeted out, our ratings were higher than the football games. He was bragging about the ratings. I have to admit, if Kanye West said, Ben, I'll come on your humble little podcast, would I bring him on? <laughs> My guest is saying, no, you better not. <laughs> I don't think I would. I don't need Kanye West needs help. He doesn't need a microphone. He doesn't need more outlets. He needs some help, some serious help, because he's hurting a lot of people. It's a game for him because he's a billionaire. He owns businesses, it's hugely influenced, but there's people's lives on the line right now in America. There's decisions being made by voters across this country that'll affect millions and millions of people who are powerless relative to Kanye West. But he's just going to blab out, use his influence, use his money, use his wealth, use his celebrity to preach the most hateful rhetoric that'll fire up MAGA to get them to vote for uh, Donald Trump type candidates really freaking sad and it it is very disturbing uh and uh i i'm I'm, part of me just has to kind of laugh at the insanity of it all except uh the joke really is on us all right without further ado i'm going to bring on my distinguished guest uh alderwoman jeanette taylor one of my favorite uh alderwomen right up there was with rosanna rodriguez sanchez shout out rosanna was on the show a couple weeks ago and i'll tell you why Ladies and gentlemen, I love JT uh, and Rosanna because they're not afraid to stick to their guns in the face of massive pressure. One time, Jeanette came on my show. She got so much heat from the mayor's office for being on my humble little show, and she still comes back to my humble little show. I love this woman, okay? She's got guts, and um, she doesn't back down. So, Jeanette, it's been too long. Welcome back, Cotter, to the show. Thanks, man. How are you? Well, you know, I'm freaking out over Kanye. I won't lie to you. Why? I, I, I just cannot lie about this. It's so hurtful to, for me to hear that stuff come out of his mouth. First of all, Kanye West has not been right since his mother died. That's number one. Number two, anybody that dates a Kardashian lose their mind. And so we're two for two with Kanye. And what needs to happen is, like, we got cult, cancel culture. He needs to be canceled. He would not make another dime until he apologized and gets some mental help. Period. See, we give celebrities getaway, which is how we had R. Kelly. Like, let's call this what it is. He has lost his damn mind, and I'm I'm embarrassed for the people around him for not checking their friend. And you wore a white Lives Matter shirt? I wouldn't, even though those clothes that he sell is ugly, and so are those shoes, I wouldn't buy it. I, I'm not supporting that. He does not get a pass because he's black. And we knew he loved Donald Trump before now. Why are we surprised? He's spewing the same hate that 45 spewed. And so just like we canceled him, black women, he can be canceled as well. Well, uh, you mentioned black women. So let's, I was going to go with Chicago, but I'll, I was just, that's on my mind. Once again, we're looking to black women to save us. Uh, <laughs> we're going to do it. You think so? Please. We gonna say, y'all, we're just going to talk mess when we do it. That's all. <laughs> well, the, the election... I mean, uh, Georgia's on my mind always. Seems like Georgia's always on my mind. Speak about speaking of insanity, Herschel Walker, 
I I'm like, where another idiot, he's a cop now, huh? Yeah, he's a cop. <laughs> <laughs> make it make sense. See, we give people like that too much attention. We need to start to block and delete those folks. Yeah. We know that he is racist, him and his son. I, I follow his son on TikTok and I think it's he's the funniest thing ever. It's like watching comedy relief right on the screen because they both have lost their mind. Y'all might have want to have a conversation how he used to beat your mama, but that's a whole nother show. It's domestic violence one. So they might want to wear purple. Like he is not a good person. The thought that we want elected officials like them in office says that America has not moved. America is still, we, I consider us a third world country because we do not take care of the people that we're supposed to take care of, period. And so when people like that are given a platform to speak, that speaks about media. That speaks about the people who we look up to. Like in any other time where Herschel Walker be even considered an elected official? No, because he 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 hates himself. Like who taught you to hate yourself, sir? At the end of the day, get pulled over by the police. You you'll figure out what color you are. While you pretending. We gotta stop people. Like we we cannot allow them to hate on anybody. So the thought that you're calling out Jews, it ain't no different than what happened to us. Like, it's all the same. America has mistreated its people, period. No ifs, ands, and buts about it. And so when do we we pay that debt and stop people from doing ignorant stuff like that? They, If they think what Kanye is doing is okay, they're problematic as well. Anybody that thinks what he's doing is okay is not. And definitely he has some mental, he, he got some mental issues, but let's not act like ever since that man lost his mother, that he has lost all his mind. And I understand. I lost my mother. I cry. I grieve. I go through that. But I'm not going to spew the same hurt on people that I'm experiencing. And I feel like that's what he does. Like he hurting. So he just say any dumbass thing out of his mouth. And so he needs, but he needs to pay for it. You know, you don't get to be a millionaire in this country where people like me and Jewish people pay for your albums and your clothes and that. And then you get to be hateful toward us. No. He could be canceled as far as I'm concerned. Genius or no genius. Well, let me ask you about that. Because this is one of my favorite themes about canceling. And so I, I follow, uh, I've been following closely the uh, the response to Kanye's comments this weekend. And uh, there's always a chorus of people who say he has free speech rights. He should be able to say what he wants. I'm uh, not, not going to cancel him. And I always find this funny because people... Really, a quote-unquote cancel is just other people exercising their free speech rights. Do you follow me? Like, I don't want to listen to you, Kanye. I'm going to announce this to the world. I'm not going to listen to your music anymore. I'm not going to uh, buy your products anymore. As far as I am concerned, you're canceled. But when Kanye hears that, he goes, they're denying me my free speech rights. Well, that's just their free speech rights. He wasn't thinking about free speech when you were spilling that hate. I wasn't worried about your free speech when I bought your album, your shoes. Because if you'd have said that pre your first album, the college dropout, I guaranteed you I wouldn't have bought it. We made you, we can break you. And they need to understand that clearly. And they don't because we pay this always free speech, not free speech when he can get somebody killed. What if somebody said, I'm just going to open fire on Jews? Like, come on, because of something you said. We've seen it happen before. We've seen it happen in rap culture. That whole East Coast, West Coast beat got Tupac and Biggie killed. 
for something that they didn't create, but they continue to, to play into and not stop folks. Somebody needs to stop Kanye. And until they do, he ain't getting no play with, with all the women. Hey, look, we not playing him in my house. And I think he's a genius, but that genius has some problems. You know, I have to admit, someone put him on last night at the bowling alley. I, I, they, and, and just so you know, I bowl every Monday night and the jukebox is gone. So, and the young people control the jukebox. Okay. So I listen to young people's music. Uh, Kanye was, they played a Kanye song. Last, I don't think they were even aware of what's going on. You know, they just played saying. this Kanye song because they liked him. Mm-hmm. And then I'm not making this up. Onto the jukebox came an R. Kelly song. I'm like, <laughs> It's hard. I like play back. It's hard. Listen, R. Kelly was called the Pie Piper for a reason. His music is catchy. You could you could catch on to it. It's relatable. And so it's hard. Believe you me, I go through the strange struggle. But I also don't want to disrespect the victims that he's he's hurt and the people he's hurt, and we let her get away with it. We should have stopped R. Kelly with Aaliyah, but we didn't. And we got to own that. See, we don't own that we've created some of these monsters. Now, I ain't saying nobody told Kanye what to say, but he know better. We're in a very sensitive moment in America where anything you say can be taken out of contents and out of the wrong way. And just like we don't want to be hurt as black people, you don't go hurting other people. And I understand this thing of hurt people, hurt people. But you make too much money and the, the public has supported you. Even when we thought you was out of that man, that crap he pulled with Beyonce and Taylor Swift, and I'm not a Taylor Swift fan. And so I agree with him. Beyonce should have won. But the way you did it is disrespectful. Even Beyonce didn't agree with what you did. And so there have been times that he's done things, and I'm like, y'all just keep letting him do. He just going to get worse. And this is as worse as it can get. I can't remember. Did he do that uh, Taylor Swift Beyonce thing. It was either the MTV Awards or the Grammys. Grammys. I can't remember. I, I saw it because I, I I watched the Grammys, but I just can't remember. Did he do it? Was it before or after his mom? I just can't remember where it was on the scale. Of- I think it was after, but even then, he's wrong. Whatever time he did it, he's wrong. The Academy should have checked him. And people should have said, like, Kanye, come on now. There are some things that are just right or wrong, and you just did being disrespectful to this young lady. Because you were disrespectful to her. And even when when the queen bee is like, I didn't tell him to do it. That got nothing to do with me. We should have known Kanye got some issues. Yeah. Uh, no, you're right. Beyonce <laughs> uh, said, don't blame that on me. I had nothing to do with like, it. I had nothing to do with it. Uh, all right. Let's switch to uh, some local stuff. There's a lot I've been wanting to hear your thoughts on. Uh, I'm going to start with the CHA. I wrote about it this week in the reader. I had McDumkey on the show. We talked about it. This has been a, a big theme in our show, talking about what went down with the Chicago Fire soccer uh, team getting uh, a zoning approval by the Chicago City Council uh, to build a practice facility on land, vacant land that was supposed to be the site of replacement housing for the housing that uh, was destroyed uh, back in the what late 90s, early O's as part of Mayor Daly's plan for transformation. I have many, I, I have some many strong feelings about this, about what went down, but I'm going to let uh, you uh, take the microphone and give me your thoughts about what went happened. So take it away, Jeanette. So I voted no. And I let the I let the chairman of the Black Caucus know why I'm never going to vote against my interests. Number one, 
the plan for transformation has failed. And I myself was on a CHA waiting list for 29 years. So you honestly think that I'm going to vote against not having housing? Makes no sense to me. It's wrong. And all I'm going to say is we keep picking them. See, some of these elected officials, it's, it's just time for them to go. When you are not organizing with the people in your community, and don't get me wrong, I ain't perfect at it. My community struggles with it. Some people don't trust me because of past what has happened in my community. But we got to be talking to the community about when we make decisions like that. And I don't know that that happened. And CHA is wrong. They did it in the third ward. They do it everywhere. They sell CHA land and never find replacement land. And so where is all this replacement housing that was supposed to happen? It ain't happening. And don't get me wrong. Tracy Scott has inherited this mess, but she has a responsibility as the new CEO to do something about it. And I'm just waiting to see what they're going to do different. Like we got it, it's, it's hilarious to me. We we about to have NASCAR, but we got homeless people on Roosevelt. Make it make sense. We got homeless folks, but we find housing for the immigrants who are coming from other countries seeking asylum. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we're not supposed to help folks. We're a rich country, but we got to take care of our own first. And I'm just going to say it. And whoever don't like it too bad. But I'm, I'm, I live in a community that's being gentrified as I speak. And I've seen thousands of families get displaced. And not only do they leave, they, they don't stay in Chicago. They leave which is why the population of black folks is, is dwindling. And so it just, it doesn't make sense and it's wrong, but there has to be political will. And I want people to remember when election time, we could do something about it. See, we don't realize that the power that these aldermen have are all the women people. It comes from the people. So when they don't do right, we replace them. Why you think they leaving? They leaving because there's no hiding place anymore. Everything is on computer. Every vote, everything you say, they can find. And so people are just like, oh, I'm out. Good. Some of y'all ain't did nothing for nobody other than yourselves in 20 years. Bye. Good riddance. Uh, so when you told uh, your colleagues that you were going to vote no, did they try to uh, convince you to vote yes? They understand that I'm a person that goes with my moral compass. And I wasn't put in, the, I wasn't put in this seat to vote against communities, whether they live in my community or not. And so I just wasn't going to do it. What I would have liked for us to do was take that opportunity to bring CHA to the table and for them to talk about how they're going to look at building affordable housing in the, in the, you know, in the city and how can we advocate for them. And I told Tracy Scott, I'm willing to go to Congress. I don't have no problem going to D.C., to, to, to rattle some bones to say, hey, Chicago is in need of more money for housing so that we can house more families. But they ain't using it for that. This is, this is, they just don't have the political will to do right by the people that they're paid to represent. I don't want people to miss that part. They are paid to represent folks and they pick and choose who they represent. See, uh, I'm going to give you my theory uh, and then allow you to disagree with it if you want. Because uh, on our show, it's free speech. Uh, and um, <laughs> unless you say something really poisonous and just say it some on other show. OK, not mine. Um, I believe there has been a long standing plan by uh, mayors uh, who and they appoint the CHA. So the CHA board or just goes along with them. But there's been a long standing plan that goes back to the post Harold Washington years after the great Harold Washington died 
uh, in office, and that is to essentially gentrify Chicago, move poor people out, and specifically move poor black people out. That has been the plan. I've watched- Absolutely, because we got together to get a black mayor in. They don't never want us to do that again, or a mayor that they could control. That's the difference. You couldn't control Harold. He didn't give a damn about them and their, and their council wars, and he told him, you're going to live to regret it. And so I totally are in, in agreement with you because notice this only happens well on the South and West side where the majority of black people stay. You are very on point. And that's a problem. I used to tell people back in my, when I worked at the community organization, if you ain't making $150,000, you are not going to be able to stay in Chicago comfortably. They'll have a safety net for people with CHA and Section 8 housing because they need their money. Don't make it, don't, 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 don't make it. Like it's about you. It's about the dollar that you can't afford. But literally, and I just don't see people standing up and calling it what it is. Like yesterday, we were on the head of the Department of Health and they were talking about there are all these opioids. I'm like, so we just going to skip over crack cocaine and heroin? There ain't no opioid lines in my ward. Them dope lines. Let's call it what it is, Commissioner. And I asked her, I said, let me send me the, 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 the war by war the number of people who've overdosed on opioids, and I want their race and ethnicity. And they were just like, look, absolutely. Like, we got us. I didn't get here to have fake conversations with them, Ben. I'm just, I didn't. And I want to get to the root of what we're doing. And people should just say, we hate poor people. You make it obvious every day. Anytime that you would go to a homeless encampment and not find somewhere for my folks to live and throw all their stuff away, that's, that says what type of city we are. Y'all about two brand new helicopters that cost millions of dollars, but we got homeless encampments all around the city. We're opening up buildings and schools for the immigrants who are coming here, but we don't care about the people who live here. But we'll count them though. We'll go to their encampment and count them. So we got them on the census. Make it make sense. Uh, yeah that uh, count them on the census, but hope they don't vote. That's sort of the policy in the city of Chicago. Uh, and absolutely, the plans for transformation when it was unveiled, was unveiled as helping poor people, getting them out of the high rises, uh, which uh, the, with the misery and the crime, but. Right. You put them, you just gave them a voucher, a piece of paper to move, and you didn't teach them how to live. You didn't teach, you didn't help them recognize what home ownership was going to be. These people lived in buildings where they cleaned the hallways. They had incinerators to take out the garbage. They had everything at their disposable. They were a community. And then you throw them in some place and don't give them any resources. They know nothing about the communities. And then you wonder why the chaos started. Y'all did this. And then on top of that, don't, don't forget, let's not forget me. And then they start closing schools. So you interrupt the two stable foundations that I got in my life my home and my school, y'all knew what y'all was doing. And now we're seeing the outcomes of what they've done. But we ain't going to bring that up. So, uh, all right, uh, let's move on to the budget. And, uh, and there's a t- connection, and I will make it. Uh, get your thoughts. And uh, I'm thinking about this a lot uh, because I had a, a mini debate with my dear friend, Maya Dukmasova, uh, who is a millennial. Okay, so th- there's a b- huge uh, difference in age and worldview between me, a man in his 60s, and Maya, who's in her 20s. 
And uh, so I, as a longtime Chicago property owner, was uh, moaning and groaning about property taxes. Uh, and she, as a millennial, said, that's a boomer complaint. That's just something the boomers worry about because they own property. Millennials don't. And I'm like, Maya, I have to disagree with you on this one big time. In my humble opinion, Chicago's dependence on a property tax and our assessment system, which is linked to gentrification, is part of the reason so many poor people, so many middle class, so many working class people. That's why we don't have a medical class. Because call it what it is. And everybody is worried about it. It ain't just baby boomers. I'm a renter. I choose to be a renter because I see when they want your community for something, they will figure out how to tax you out of your house. If it's through fines and fees, if it's through taxes, they figure out how to move you. But it's everybody's problem. Greed has no end. I don't know why people don't see that. It's us today. It's going to be y'all tomorrow. Doesn't change. We see we haven't connected dots for people on how this is all connected together. And I'm just gonna be honest. These millennials, and I got some in my house. Y'all the most entitled, taking care of young people I ever seen in my life. And we gotta own that. I own it. I felt like I didn't have everything, and so I gave them everything. So for people who ain't had to work for nothing, who went to prom in cars that their parents don't even got to could afford, who was given everything, I'm going to need y'all to humble y'all selves. I need y'all to get into the fight and be the millennials y'all are and help us figure it out. Y'all don't get to stand on the sidelines and complain. No. And I'm not speaking against that generation because, hell, I helped raise that generation. I know what I did or did not do. And so they need to get in the fight and stop that. This, this the baby boomers. <laughs> yeah, make it make sense. We're like, all ooh. baby boomers. <laughs> uh, no, I hear. I'm, a, but I love millennials. Uh, Jenna, I'm going to defend millennials right now. Uh, the forefront of. Oh, oh listen, I got an office full of. Yeah, I know you. Everybody in my office is under 35. That's intentional because young people will help fix what we fucked up. Period. I do, but I also realize. That they got some problems that we got on. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And so this reason, oh, I love millennials because they gonna help us fix this. Then the people that's gonna be like, you know what, that's enough, and they gonna stand up and challenge the status quo. I believe in this the, the millennials and this future all day long. We just need to move out the way. See, we holding seats thirty and forty years. We don't never want to have them in government. We don't add them to as a solution to the problem. We don't even ask. We just bring them to the meetings for show. No, that's not what I'm doing. I don't understand nothing none of these rappers is talking about today. I don't understand the stuff that's on TV. So I need to explain to me because I don't. I'm not getting on TV to fight with nobody. I don't understand what they talking about in these lyrics. I, I just don't. Like it, they talking in some secret code that I don't know. And so. Okay. Now, Jeanette, just so the world knows, Jeanette's sounding like me, but she's like, at least 20 years younger than me, okay? So it's like, I'm listening to myself come out of her mouth. I'm like, you're too young to talk that way, Jeanette, all right? You sound like me. I've had a hard life. I ain't had it easy. Like, life has taught me some lessons, and I got to sit at the feet of people like you so that, because we keep repeating this because we don't listen. We don't listen to our elders. We don't sit at the feet of the elders and say, how do we not get tricked again? No, because we think we know and we don't. We just don't. And so since I don't know, you hear me coming out of your mouth because I've listened to you. I've heard you. I've talked to the elders in my community. They be like, baby, listen, 
These people just, they, they, they just banked on getting us up out of here. What you going to do? It's what we going to do. Ain't know what I'm going to do. Like I'm a small portion of what needs to happen. And I need for people to understand that the power that I have, I got from the voters. It comes from the people. And so I couldn't say and do what I wanted to do if it were, the people didn't support me. That was, and the, the funniest thing is uh, the uh, on the Apple vote, so many of the aldermen got up and go, well, we're doing this because the people wanted to. And they were talking about some of the residents who currently live in Apple. And I was laughing when I heard that. I was like, well, what about all this? what the residents said. Like, Ted, bring, bring me five. Yeah. <laughs> why, why they not look? Why they are not up here testifying? Because if they wanted this, they would be testifying. We know when they want something, they, they testify and they own it. Like, make it make sense. But, but also, I was like, what about the residents on the waiting list? What do they think? You know what I mean? The ones who were supposed to go back to that Abla, uh, the vacant land. But like I said in the story I wrote, uh, Jeanette, almost every single deal that the city uh, promotes that uh, like closing schools, tearing down high rises, uh, uh, leasing CHA vacant land to the fire, almost every single one of those deals is generally um, credited. The reason cited is to help poor people. And I, whenever I hear them say, Rom used to say it when he closed the schools, I would think, man, Chicago's poor people are really lucky to have a mayor like Rom who would close their schools. You know, I mean, like, they really think people are stupid in Chicago. And, um, but that's because they can buy us off. Let's, let's say what it is. They can buy people off, especially people that look like me. They can buy us off and their price is very little. See, we all got a price being. I ain't special. My price just come with taking care of everybody. So you ain't going to take care of everybody so you can't buy me. And so when we start to, to tell people no, I'm thinking with my moral compass. I'm thinking about the future. I'm thinking about the people that I'm actually paid to represent. I care about them. But I wish people would just get on the microphone and say, we hate poor people and we want them out of Chicago because that's what y'all doing. Just say it. Y'all, everybody else bold enough to bring out their racism because this is a form of racism. Only difference is a lot of it happens by our own people, I hate to say. And that's just what it is. All right. So I'm going to go back to make the connection I uh, was trying to make and then I went on a tangent. Uh, so the budget uh, will increase property taxes no matter what the mayor says it. I remember my old friend Sue Garza saying that she was going to vote for any property tax increase just as a general principle because she knew how uh, difficult it was uh, on people in her ward. Do you have a similar attitude about... Uh, yep. I'm never voting against the interest of my people, no. So it's one of the reasons why I voted no on every budget. I don't care if it's $60. $60 is food for a senior in my ward. It's their medicine. It's, it's some bill in their house that they can use that sick. So I don't care how low it is. There are other progressive ways for us to make money and property taxes ain't it. You just use it because you know who it hurts. You know what community it hits hardest. And we ain't even going to talk about being overcessed in these communities. There is literally a home in my ward that's selling for $949,000 that they ain't finished building. I can't afford it and I just got a raise. I can't afford it. So who is that house for? It ain't for the people who live in the community because the median income in my ward is $25,000. So who is that house for? Well, I could tell you this right now, uh, Jeanette, when I heard that story, and that's an old story in Chicago, uh, where new housing is 
outrageously expensive and bears no relationship to the ability of people who currently live in the ward to pay for it. It's for people who don't currently live in the ward, but may move to the ward. And as soon as they move to the ward, assessments will rise everywhere because they'll compare your house, which you bought in 1970 for $20,000 or $10,000 to a $900,000 house. And that will drive your property taxes higher. You don't teach people your houses are assessed according to the last two homes sold on your block. So if they over $500,000, I don't care what you pay, your property taxes going to go up. We don't protect the seniors because they shouldn't be paying. After a certain time, they shouldn't be paying taxes. Seniors paid the way for us. We wouldn't have none of this if it wasn't for them and their ability to fight for us. So I don't know why they paying taxes, but that's another show. But they don't understand and people bank on them not understanding what the process is. And so it's one of the things that I try my hardest to do with my community is to teach them the process. Not that just so that Jeanette can advocate for them, they can advocate for themselves. I ain't going to always be here. I don't want to be here 20 years. I, I can't take it because <laughs> I can't take it. I don't know how people have been here that long. I understand it, but this is a lot of stress. I get calls about people getting killed in my ward every other day. I take that home. Like trying to figure out housing for folks who've been displaced because they landlord then went up on the rent, not because he wanted to, but because his taxes that went up. The city then found some some fees and fines. There's a bunch of predatorial stuff going on in my war where people will come and ask to sell your house, and when you don't sell it, they call three one one. And you know when you call three one one, the inspector gonna find something. He didn't waste his time coming out there. He gonna find something, and that's another bill that that owner did not expect. And so we got a bunch of problems going on here, but we also can fix it. Ain't a hard fix. If it's the same people making the calls at every house on the next three blocks, that's a developer. And then half of these people ain't even from Chicago. You just came here and it's like, by these wars, they on sale. Uh, so when I had Rosanna on, uh, Rodriguez Sanchez, all the women of the 33rd Ward, uh, she told me that in her ward, uh, Richard Mel who is the old alderman, the old powerhouse. And you can see him at Punch Nine and all his villainous, ladies and gentlemen, because he plays a prominent role in the Harold Washington movie, which I'm urging everyone to go watch. Uh, and uh, that he's already, uh, you know, manipulating behind the scenes to run someone against her because she's too radical. Okay. Uh, and um, so is that happening with you in your collection? Go ahead. Of course, of course. They got people running against me that said I haven't done anything since I've been here. Need remind you, I'm the first elected official to have to go through a global pandemic. So eat that, if you will. I'm still alive and people in the ward are still living. And I figured out how to bring resources to folks. But it's because people think that this job is easy. They think that they it's some magical wand that they could wave and the community will be what they expect it to be. It's a work in progress and it takes us all. This is not a one job person. I can't have my eyes everywhere. So I depend on those relationships in my community to be with the folks. And so people can run. They're going to have to out organize me and outspend me. This is a democracy. This ain't a dictatorship. You should not be running unimposed because I could always do something better. I can do things different. I can work with my community a lot more. I, I own it. Every elected official so I own it. And so I'm going to run my race. I'm going to do what I need to do to be in office. I want to be here three terms, and that's it for me. I don't want to be here forever. I just want to be able to teach my community how to operate in the city and get things done, whether I'm here in the seat or not, because ultimately they, they, they're they talking about cutting elected officials down to 25. 
So each alderman will have two wards. Like, it's just so much craziness that happens down here. It's just like, y'all are not thinking. Y'all just are not thinking. But I'm going to do the job that has been handed to me. I'm going to do it my best. I'm going to organize with my community as much as I can. We're not going to always agree. Um, and that's okay. But it's how do we come to a balance that we both can live with. And so that's what I'm hoping to do. Well, uh, so you mentioned running for re-elections four years in, uh, and you mentioned the pandemic. Yeah, nobody saw that coming, obviously. Uh, so I reflect a little bit of four years in the city council. You have your whole life, you've been a community activist on the outside, banging on the door. In 2019, you were elected, you were let into the chambers. So I was banned from City Hall. You know that? What's that? I was banned from City Hall. You were banned when? I didn't know that. Before I got elected, I was banned. They kept kicking me out. Remember, I we would we protested when the school closing happens and wouldn't leave. I was always doing actions in City Hall, and so the captain that was here the first day I came in, he said, "Oh, I ain't seen you in a while. What you doing here? You know you ain't supposed to be here." I pulled out an ID. He was like, "You're kidding me. You're fucking kidding me." I was like, "Nope. I'll see you later." And literally, I have to show you. I have pictures with him putting me out of city hall. So it's surreal that I'm here. Your your life just comes back in circle. And so these four years have been a challenge. I will not say that it's been easy. What I've realized is this could be easier if the departments and elected officials did not work in silos and the mayor's office. That's the biggest problem. We could get so much more done and we can serve the city better if we on a consistent basis was meeting and talking and some of those departments work together in a better way. We don't do that. Um, I feel like they're starting to because I've been beating that horse since I got here. Um, but there have been some interesting years like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if this and it's another reason why. Some of my coworkers are leaving because it's never been this hard. And so we've inherited a lot of the mess that's been happening over years. And because of the pandemic, it has come to surface. A lot of the things that you're seeing now that happened, happened during the pandemic. We got to see how many young people are actually homeless. We got to see people who don't have mental health services and how they become homeless. We got to see that a lot of these departments that spend millions of dollars actually don't do anything. It looks good on paper. We got to see community organizations that are delegate agency that the seeds give millions of dollars and they don't do nothing. And so while the pandemic wasn't the greatest thing, it got to bear America's truth that America doesn't take care of people. The thought that they would call other words, third, other, other, other countries, third world, third world, America got a lot of nerve. It's the oxygen and the audacity for me. Yeah. Um, third world indeed i always like the people used to criticize me uh back in the 90s when i was ripping daily they'd say uh, ben why don't you just uh, move to detroit if it wasn't for mayor daly chicago would be detroit people would say that to me all the time and i would laugh at him because there's parts of chicago that are very similar to detroit do you realize Those that are exactly like detroit, detroit. <laughs> uh and uh so all right i uh i've got a hair of washington on my mind uh, I saw Punch Night. I know you haven't seen it yet. You're going to see it. The night I saw it, there were so many aldermen in there. We could have had a meeting. I think we had a quorum uh, the night I saw. Pat Dow was there. Rosanna Rodriguez-Sanchez was there. I think Carlos was there. Um, anyway. It, it's, they get them at the budget season meeting sometimes. It's you know a must-watch movie. Almost definitely. I've just... So I saw Teal, 
because, you know, Emmett Till's home is in my ward. And so it took me. So I couldn't watch that in Punch Nine. I needed to, because I was very angry after watching Till, to be honest, because I felt like the system, we failed Emmett Till and we're, we're still failing young people in our community because we don't hold these institutions and folks accountable. So it, it, it hurt me in a different way than it hurt other people. So I'm a mother of three black boys. I dread 312-747 coming up on my phone because I know that's the police. And so just um, Teal brought me back to what have we really done to to honor Emmett and his mother um, in this fight? What if we what has really changed since then? Even with videotapes, people will say you should have complied. Or they should have did what they supposed to do. And so it just brought back all that to me. And so I wasn't ready to watch Punch Nine when everybody else watched it. But I will. Oh, you, you should see it. And I'll, I'll connect it to this point. Uh, in There's so much in Punch Nine that's worth talking about. But I'll just talk about the beginning of Council Wars that get into that and how uh, Verdoliak and Burke uh, organized the white aldermen to go against Harold Washington. Uh, and the, one of the points I took from that is that the Chicago City Council, for better or for worse, is a legislative body. And if the aldermen wanted to, they could rebel against the mayor. And they did it once when it was a black man. And they just, just oh, cool. you know. Because unlike other, all, other mayors, Harold Washington wasn't paying nobody. He wasn't making no deals. He was doing what an elected official, what the head of the city was supposed to do, taking accountability of everybody. No matter race, no matter economics, that's what he did. And I tell people all the time, I write here Washington on the ballot when it comes to the mayor's race, because I just he is the blueprint for what we could do and for what politics should look like. And we just we forgotten the lesson or that lesson doesn't pay. It don't pay to take care of everybody. We're going to pick and choose who we take care of. And it's wrong. Well, well I uh, support Matt Martin, Alderman Matt Martin's uh, suggestion. Uh, he's. Uh, the alderman of the 47th Ward in the north side of Chicago. Uh, and uh, he wanted to be the head of the ethics committee after uh, Michelle Smith stepped down. Uh, and Mayor Lori Lightfoot said, how dare you? How dare you? He was the vice chair, I think. So how dare you even suggest that uh, anybody other than me, the mayor, would appoint the committee chair of the city council, which is a joke. Which is not her, what she should be doing anyway. Anthony Bill says this all the time and people give him so much heck, but we need our own legislative body. That's just for us because I've seen her and I've seen the people who are advising her, allow her to do just what she wants to. And the rules only help her does not help what we're trying to do for the constituents. Like that's what it is. It's just, it's okay. Let me just say this about Anthony Beal. Uh, I, I say this all the time, but I, you mentioned him. I'm going to say him. Thank you, Anthony Beal. I, those words I thought would never come out of my mouth. Anthony Beal was on with Rom. He was with Daly. He voted for every dumb idea they came up with. He he didn't talk this way when they were the mayor and riding roughshod over to Chicago City Council. But for whatever reason, and I can't worry about the reason, Jeanette, he has become the new Scott Wagaspat. And I <laughs> All of a sudden, he's quoting, like, you know, liberal reformers and reading part Robert's Rules of Orders. And we play him all the time in the show, his clips. And you know what? You know, I, I got they feel them. like they were alone. When I talk to them about why they haven't stood up on certain issues, 
Um, they felt like they were alone, that they weren't enough for them. And I hear that. I feel like the black sheep a lot in this space because I'm saying this because my community is saying it. I'm not listening to 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 developers and folks, you know, who want to come into my neighborhood. And so it's 21 of us. There is no way. But again, it's they pit us against each other and, and have us fighting for crumbs. And so if the black alderman in this city had stood up to Mayor Rahm, they would never be, he would never have been able to close those 50 schools. He would never have been able to shovel billions of dollars to the North side on TIF deals. He, it just, the notion in Chicago that they would have lost by standing up is so Chicago, Jeanette, I can't even get the word. It's such a Chicago notion. You follow me? I'm going to go along because I don't want to be on the losing side of a, what, what do you care if you're on the losing side, if you're doing the right thing? As a community organizer, I've, I've had, I've had, I've, I helped the, with the fight with the elected school board for those last 10 or 15 years, and I knew they was fighting for it way before I came along. There's a lot of fights. I felt like the movement ain't winning. I, I felt like we weren't winning, but it, it, it ain't because we didn't try. It's because we did not work together. And so now that I've been on the other side of this, it ain't that hard. It, it ain't that hard. We just got to get people who have political will. And when these people do not do what their constituents are asking, we got to get rid of them. All right. So I'm going to close uh, with getting your prediction, predictions uh, for these upcoming midterms. I'm hoping you're going to put uh, some good vibrations in the air uh, and uh, just project. Uh, man, make it, What do millennials call manifest it to happen? That's what millennials tell me. You want to manifest something by by bringing it to life with good vibrations. So two of the elections that matter really most to me outside of Illinois, and there's a couple of Supreme Court races in Illinois that matter a lot to me, but I'm just going to, Stacey Abrams in Georgia for governor, and Raphael Warnick for senator in Georgia. Uh, I, just the thought of Herschel Walker being the senator is just so sickening to me um, on many levels. What a disgrace. But so what's your sense uh, Jeanette, of, of those two races in particular? So, I, of course, you know who I want to win. That's unspoken. But what we got to really push to folks is we've kept certain people in office all of this time and none of the conditions have changed. That's not us. That's bad elected officials. That's bad legislation. Those are folks who are in office. And then tell me what Herschel Walker was doing before he decided to run for office for his community or anybody other than himself. I'll wait. Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. And so we got to think about that when we're pick people, anybody can write a fancy speech. What was you doing? And so we got an opportunity to make this country what we claim it is. Land of the free and home for the brave for everybody. That's the expectation. Like this governor's race is like, I'm I'm not the biggest JB fan. I'm not. But JB ain't telling me what to do with my coochie. So we good. He ain't making that decision for me. We okay. But you telling me no matter if I was raped or it's incest that I got to carry a baby, sir, you probably can't even make babies anymore. I'm going to need you to humble yourself and stop worrying about my reproductive uh, organs. And I'm just going to be honest. I don't have a uterus. So... 
This doesn't affect me either way. But you don't get to take away that choice. What type of fucking country is this? Well, let me just say this. So then you should get a vasectomy and we shouldn't sell Viagra. How about that, sir? How you like that, sir? Let's see. Let's see what type of excitement you get at home then. Like these folks just don't make no sense, but leave it to black women. We'll fix it. Well, I'm, That's what we do. please, one more time, bail us out. Black women in Georgia, come on. <laughs> I know Absolutely. I've been leaning on you a lot lately, but just one more. And you know what? In two years, I'll be coming back. Please, one more time. We listen, black women know we know what our responsibility is. We know what we're supposed to be doing. Remember, Malcolm X said it better than anybody. The most hated individual in this country is black women. But y'all are always expecting us to be Powerpuff girls to say the world for dinner time. We gonna do it. Okay, I'm expecting that. Yes, I admit it. <laughs> All right, uh, Jeanette, thank you very much for taking time. I know it's been a very busy time for you, and uh, you, you you took some time out from me, so I appreciate that immensely. We wish you nothing but best wishes uh and health i'm always projecting that health for you you look really good right now it looks like you're healthy you you've had i am i got the flu shot this weekend it, it, it took me for i'm doing a lot better with realizing that it took them decades to to destroy this system that we call democracy it's going to take us decades to fix it and so every day is an opportunity to do something new learn something different and fix the problems that we have at hand. And so it's not going to happen overnight. And Judge John Steele told me that when I met with him. He's actually a mentor of mine. He told me, he was like, justice is not going to come quick. You will take this home. You can't. And you got to, what is your exit plan? That's basically what he said to me. Then. And I was like, my exit plan? Hell, I didn't even got here yet. He said, you'll get that on word. And so I always shout out respect to that man because literally, I'm not a person that was into politics, but politics was all into me. And so it, it's good to have him as a mentor or somebody I could talk to. Judge John Steele, former alderman of the Sixth Ward. And he father, should have been the mayor. But. Yes. He, I don't believe he ran, <laughs> but, uh, and father of Kari Steele. Let's just get that out there. Uh, all right. Uh, Jeanette Taylor, thank you so much. Appreciate it as always. I know you want to get back to your work. Uh, so thank you very much. All right. Have a good one. All right, that's great, Jeanette Taylor. I also want to thank DJ Nate for doing a great job of producing, as he always does. He's the pride and joy of Lane Tech High School. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. See you tomorrow, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>